There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another week of Zone Time. I'm Julian. Avery's here. Omar's here. And for the very first time entering the Terra Dome, Nick Ashburn, uh, who does some great NHL stuff at Yahoo Sports. Welcome to your maiden voyage as part of Zone Time, Nick. How are you doing? <laughs> great. Thanks for having me on. Dude, thanks for being on. Yeah, literally. Would it, would, would it have worked? I think it would be the first three-person Zone Time otherwise. I don't know. No, I, mean, I don't feel like that's a lot of work for, for producer Kieran to yeah. kind of organize it where it's just three sure. people. It's just a lot more cleaner. To have four yeah. people, and it's not a—it's not like we don't have people who actually work at Yahoo Sports doing the show before. I mean, Cal Cantlin was doing those episodes before mm-hmm. he made those comments about the Islanders. We had to kind of put him in the in in the basement forever. <laughs> we love you, Kyle. <laughs> but like that's basically it. Like we don't want to we don't want to get burned by Islanders fans again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that there was that Justin Cuthbert guy who was here for a while. It was pretty yeah. cool. Good time. Yeah, he was solid. Brampton represent. <laughs> <laughs> you all remember that when he said when he said that comment it's like yeah guys i'm from brampton like i know what goes down that's one of the funniest things that's ever happened about the shout out to you justin get that, that one episode with like steven sahoyas uh yes. and now we get nick Ashford. Oh, uh buckets wow yeah i'm gonna be very careful what i say on the islanders but other than that i'll just shoot from the hip yes please we are all about shooting from the hip here on zone time uh, before we get into some of the topics I have listed here, we should acknowledge, you know, this is our first episode uh, post-Vegas Golden Knights Cup Championship, post-Parade, uh, post-Wild Bill Carlson going up on stage with Yo, no that was That was swearing. hilarious, man. The Can we talk about PR, that for a second? The PR person was like, like, <laughs> you, like you, if you want to talk about like a live-action Mr. Krabs meme, oh my god. She was trying to get that microphone like, and try to get him off stage as quickly as possible. But he's like, no, let me speak. And everyone else is like, no, let him cook. But it, it was it was hilarious. It was so funny. But like, hey, I mean, like we always we always get annoyed and frustrated when like NHL players are very robotic and stuff. And William Carlson was not robotic at all. Uh, no. So, so that uh, that was cool. Might be very drunk, but not robotic. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. No, uh, Nick, what did you think of all the celebrating going down in Vegas? I mean, I think it's fantastic. Whenever people complain about that, like, I don't know what they're getting at. I think, honestly, Alex Ovechkin was by no means the first to celebrate hard, but I do think that he kind of set the tone in a way. Like, oh, since him and the Capitals won that cup, it's almost been people trying to one-up each other, to be honest, in terms of just who can get more lit up. The tarps off component to this one was a bit of a new wrinkle. You don't normally see maybe that level of it. Uh, you know, it's Vegas too. They got a reputation to upheld in terms of that city. Like they're, you know, people know how to party in Vegas and, uh, yeah, they lived up to the reputation. I think it's fair to say, uh, Avery, uh, if you were down in Vegas, I, I know, I know you got your ties down there in Nevada. Uh, I, I bet you would have loved to have been down seeing all of that. I bet you would. Oh, absolutely. And one of the rare times they closed Vegas trip, like the Vegas trip where traffic is almost never closed. They closed this trip for the parade. That was, I thought was really cool. And you mentioned the, the, the shirts off thing. There was like nine gold lines that didn't have a shirt on. Like, what happened to the shirt? Like, where'd they go? Like, nine dudes on a team are shirtless on stage. Wow, okay. That's how we're rolling now? No one <laughs> waving them in the air, though. Like, we we know if, if this was Team West Indies. Oh, oh, oh. it's Carnival. Let's try. <laughs> as, as far as I know, yeah, 
if, if they repeat, they're gonna trade for one um either um they gotta trade for what team play trade for Anthony Duclair, trade oh, for Nate, trade for Nate Thompson, trade for someone who's listening in next year. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nick. Also, Nick, uh, you got to sit in on some of these West Indian references we're going to make throughout the show. I hope you're okay with that. Well, you better be okay with that. You're here for the next hour. So. Yeah, I have been to the Cricket World Cup in the West Indies in my past, so I'm oh, some okay. level of familiarity. Yes, oh, come from okay. an English family. I uh, cricket is a thing for me. All right, all right. You around that? Good for you. All right. Um, all right, so yeah, congratulations to the Vegas Gold Knights. Uh, what? Let's start with um, some Hockey Hall of Fame talk because I believe this is the week where uh, the powers that be uh, start to look through the list of potential first-year candidates and otherwise uh, and see who is deserving uh, of, of becoming a Hockey Hall of Famer. And we're going to do something that we've done on this show before. Uh, I have some resumes of some guys and uh, I'm going to give you some stats about them. And it's on you guys to guess who I'm talking about. And then after you figure out who it is, you have to tell me if they're a Hockey Hall of Famer or not. Does that sound cool with everybody? I was told, Nick, that you were going to crush this. I, I don't know who told you that. but uh, <laughs> I, I have a word with them. But yeah, we'll see how we do. All right, cool. So uh, I have four different resumes here. Uh, again, after we figure out who this player is. We'll have a little discussion about whether or not they should be there. I think all four of these players that I listed here uh, are all, for the first time, uh, eligible to try to make the Hockey Hall of Fame. So let's start okay. with player number one. He's played 1,240 games, a member of the Triple Gold Club. He's won a cup, two World Cups, an Olympic gold medal, uh, two IIHF World Championships. But he only has 424 career points and was only an All-Star twice. Played for a long time. I think it was like the number three overall pick in like 2002. Played for three NHL teams. Florida Panthers, the Calgary Flames, and I believe the team he won the uh, cup with, the St. Louis Blues. Oh, I know. Oh, Avery, you know who this is? Who is it? Jay Bowmeister? Jay Bowmeister is the answer, everybody. Jay Bowmeister. It's Jay Bowmeister deserving of making the Hockey Hall of Fame. I mean, he can, has the international success. He's I was about to say, member. so can you say that? So yeah, so a cup, two world championships, two world championships, two world cups, and an Olympic gold medal. So he has that That's a, that's a pretty, yeah. And he's played for a long time in the NHL. It's just- Long time. Doesn't have a Norris- yeah, like when when were you saying like you know who's the like one of the best defensemen in the league right now? Like you know who's a top four, top five defenseman, Jay Bomeister. Like that's where it gets difficult. I know Hawk Hall of Fame can be a little mm-hmm. bit more inclusive maybe than some of the other Hall of Fames, but I, that's a lot of team based stuff for me. It's a lot of longevity stuff for me. Maybe not enough sizzle. That would be my early read. That's a good point. It's just like like. Do we say that like oh wow this obviously like twelve hundred games in the NHL like that that's a great career but like as far as like the actual like success in the winning is that because good player had significant impact or just like happened to be on like great teams it's like the it's like the the coaching team Canada thing where everyone's like oh well they want a gold medal coaching team Canada was like yes but we all could have done that with that <laughs> with that roster so is that your way is that your way of throwing shade on Mike Babcock's name again. I mean, my Babcock does that enough, but that's but I I, I digress. But I I don't know. I, I think it comes down to, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this point comes up every time we we play this game. Is just like if you kind of have to go like ah, then then they're maybe on on the line of perhaps not. But it's interesting though because based off of like the the straight pedigree, like like again the 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 wins and the wins and the and the points and the number of games. It's like, yeah, that sounds like a Hall of Fame career, but like again, there are, and I wouldn't be surprised if this name comes up. So I might, I might wait, I might wait on it. But like, there are players who have like a lot of production, a lot of individual success, and team success that are nowhere in the conversation. So I don't know, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got nominated for it, but nah, I don't know. He might, I might, I might pass on that one. 
You know, Nick made a really good point earlier, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's just a weird bit of revisionist history. I can't think of too many times I've looked at Jay Bowmister's career and I said he's like a top five defenseman. Yeah, this is a guy who like has been pl- had been playing since the early two thousands, so we would have seen him play alongside the the Nick Lidstroms of the world as an example. Like, how many times have we said like, okay, like he's not that far off from that defenseman? Just as one example, like I, that has to be in, in, important in all of this. Even if you don't like Shea Weber is a guy that people think is like a, a, a Hall of Famer. Like, how many times does he have a Norris Trophy? One? Why he's got? Yeah, well, should he, have one. No, he might have at least. He might have one. He has like, at least yeah. one. But like a lot of people would at least think like even if he doesn't have one, we could like double check this for ourselves. But we could at least look and say he was one of the most fearsome defensemen you could ever go up against. He's a guy who obviously played on Hockey Canada and got some medals. He's among one of the best defensemen to play the game. Like you could make maybe an easier case for Shea Weber to make the Hall of Fame off of his resume compared to Jay Bowmister, who did play a lot of games could log a ton of minutes. I don't know if we're thinking of him in that same realm, but I could easily be wrong. And I don't know why I'm, I can't help but think, I don't know if he ever got a Norris trophy. No, he didn't. Nope. He never got one. I was about to say, like, I'm sure Weber, it was nominated for one. I don't know about that. I don't one, think Sal. he got one. Here's the, here's, here's the thing. There are people who say that. I don't know if I would go so far as to say Shea Weber's a Hall of Famer, but I think you, maybe this is a bit of, maybe this is a bit of a wild one. You might almost be able to make a better case for Shea Weber than Jay Bowmeister. You might be able to. I don't know. I I could see a realm where where, where Weber's in and Bowmeister isn't. I which, see it. yeah. I don't yeah. think that's crazy at all. I don't think that's nope. crazy at all. I think yeah. like, you know, you're thinking about again. You think about that year. Like who defined that year? That's another thing that I like to think of. You think of Hall of Fame players. Like who was mm-hmm. just dominating your mind space that time? And like. Part of Jay Bowmeister's game was that he played a quiet game and he erased people. So it is some of it is a little bit unfair because you know Shea Weber had the insane shot, was a big part of the power play, things that were flashier. But he's just not in that area for me where I'm just like, oh yeah, he's one of the defensemen that defined that era. Like very, very good player. Like not a career to be dismissed in any way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. I don't know, just not quite at that level for me. So are we all kind of wishy-washy on the fence with Jay Bowmeister leaning towards a no? Is that what the vibe is in the chat? Does anyone have any ardent feelings about him being in? Not really, no. No. Like, yeah, go Avery. I see, he's in the hall. He's in the hall of really good where, you know, mm-hmm. your his career wasn't that flashy, but we think Hall of Famer, it's like, I, I, of course, their individual accolades aren't really there at the NHL or international levels. It's all really team success. He's in the hall of really good. Hall of Famer, not for me. Okay. Um, this next person, I'm just gonna read their resume, but instead of you guessing the player first, just tell me if he should be in or not. And then okay. guess the player. Gold medalist, silver medalist at the Olympics. Has won a Vezina. Has only been an NHL All-Star twice. 64 career shutouts, which is good for 17th all time. Just tell me if they're a Hall of Famer or not. One more time. Sorry. One more time. Go through that. Gold medalist. Okay. Silver medalist. Okay. One-time Vezina Trophy winner. Okay. Two-time All-Star. 64 career shutouts, which is good for 17th all-time. A lot of... Mm. Omar's thinking about this one really hard. 64 shutouts is freaking sick. It is pretty sick. You're That's the pretty 20 awesome. of shutouts all-time. The top That's 20 all-time. Really Seriously. So one Vesna, gold, a silver. Yes. You're really thinking about this. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Too, it we don't want too much I'll dead air in. on our show. Yeah, I'll put him in. I'll put him in. So Omar's saying I'll you're put putting him in. in. Nick, are you putting him in? I don't, I mean, I just, I can't commit to it because a lot of those accolades speak to sort of individual moments of greatness. You know what I mean? Like a lot of goalies can get hot and win me one Vesna. A lot of goalies, like shutouts are about those moments of greatness. Like I, with goalies, it's got to be consistency. And I just don't know that from the information given. So I'm, I would just abstain based on that information alone, even though that is the coward's way out. I will, I will make a small change. This person has actually been to the all-star game five times instead of two. I might have misread somewhere. So it was a five-time all-star and not a two-time all-star. So I, excuse me for that. That, I think that's a, a meaningful difference because that speaks it is to a, a more like elongated peak 
Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning yes on this, but I think, you know, goalies, there's just so much craziness that happens. It could easily be a guy that had, a, you know, six good years and then just fell off the table. Uh, Avery, uh, yes or no to this mystery goaltender? This mystery goaltender sounds familiar and probably very handsome, so I will say yes as well. <laughs> he also took he also took away a job from from friend of the show Kevin Weeks, mind you. That is true. <laughs> that is true. He did. I mean, you know that that has to be mentioned in all this. Uh, who wants to guess who it is? I have no idea. Avery, what do you have? No idea. Not so bad of an analyst either. Yeah, Henrik Lundqvist. When we bring up the when we bring up the idea of someone who defines an era, even if Henrik Lundqvist only has one Vezina to his name, you could point to a stretch of time where he was either the best goalie in the world or yeah. 1A or no lower than 3. Like, there's mm-hmm. no question Henrik Lundqvist deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's yeah. Really no, no question. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, he played in a time where, like, like, I think I think we're getting to, I guess now now with the, I guess, the new methodology when it comes to goaltending in the NHL, where, like, we're moving more towards, like, tandems, mm-hmm. where for, for so many teams, like... You you could like go to like like say one random team and say like yes I know exactly who that number one goaltender is but for a lot of teams like it changes or maybe it's like this person or maybe it's that person but like for the Rangers it was always King Henry like you knew when when the when you needed to win a game like Lundqvist was going in so yeah like if we like before we talked about like players that like kind of defined their position in an era of hockey like Henrik is definitely there okay. Uh, since we're all unanimous on that, we will move on to the next resume. I have three Stanley Cups, including playoff MVP, uh, two double IHF World Championships, but only 797 career points. This this stat will give this person away. Has an 8-1 and one record in Game 7s and is tied for the record for most goals in Game 7s. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Cool. All right, Omar, you want to say his name? Williams to, to Justin. Yes, Justin Williams. Uh, I think he's a Scarborough man. Is that what, I'm trying to think like which... Uh, Pretty sure he is. I yeah. think it's a Scarborough guy. He. Mm-hmm. I got told a story about how... No, he's not a Scarborough guy. He's a Coburg guy. Justin Williams is a Coburg yes. guy. Yes. Um, not Coburg. Scarborough. He's a Coburg guy. You know what it is? I was thinking randomly of an LA Kings teammate of his, Tyler Toffoli, who was a Scarborough guy. And a random story I heard from someone where they had gone to the same high school as Tyler Toffoli. And I think Wayne Simmons had gone there. They were in Scarborough. And this friend of mine apparently was approached by a friend to join their band. And they were like, oh, no, you do this like weird set of music that's like not even really rock. I'm not going to join your stupid band. And that guy was The weekend. Oh, Oh, oh. That's tough break. for that guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, Justin Holmes <laughs> is the answer here. Is he a Hall of Famer or is he not? No, come on. That's it's like a he's let's really like, game sevens though. He's a part he's of all. Uh, he's a part of a lot of great stories, but like for much of his career, you know, sec- he was a second line player. Like, no, he's not a. He again, he's part of some amazing moments, but there's a lot of people who. Could, you know, are in the right place at the right time, and he was that. I don't, again, I don't want to take too much away from him, but like that's how I see Justin Williams. Yeah, Williams is that's definitely a gamer, though. Like you want, like if you want to talk about a player that like just produces in those moments where you need success, and as a person who follows a team that has no success in game sevens, I am very envious of that. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like like Will, like Williams, man, Bill Williams, watching him play, watching him play, watching him succeed, you know, was great. But like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I would lean more on the no side for for that as well. But yeah, it, it it's interesting how like you can hear like the accolades and hear like the hear and hear the aspects of it. But once you kind of match the context, it kind of changes your answer a little bit. Because, like, based off of, like, the straight-up numbers, like, wow, like, three cups, like, well, you know, international success for sure. But, yeah, the context definitely is definitely important there. So I think I lean more on the no side there. 
Okay. All right. So we've said uh, no to Jay Bowmeister, um, unless Avery, you 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 uh, disagree with everyone else here with uh, Justin Williams. Yeah, Justin Williams, great second line guy, clutch performer, but Hall of Famer. No, it's not happening. Okay. So we've said no to Jay Bowmeister. We've said yes to Henrik Lundqvist, of course, and no to Justin Williams. I'm very curious about this next guy. Two Stanley Cups to this person's name, a World Cup win to this person's name. Uh, 260 career wins, which are the third most in his team's history. Uh, I believe this person also has 52 postseason wins, which are the most by any goaltender from his franchise. He is also the only goalie in his franchise to win multiple Stanley Cups and is also a two-time William Jennings Trophy winner. That's the award you get if you uh, allow the fewest goals uh, in a season. You split that with uh, whoever your tandem partner is. This person's done okay for themselves, especially with those Stanley Cups. Any guesses as to who this person might be? Hmm. Actually, or does it work better if you just say if this person's reservation, get him into the, into the Hockey Hall of Fame? I mean, two cops. I mean, for a goalie, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Based off, the, so two cups, and then two William Jennings, two William Jennings awards. And then they had the the most like how many uh, how many franchise wins it was like two hundred and something two hundred sixty like two hundred sixty I didn't see who are the two goalies that have more than them but two other goalies mm. have more wins than them in their franchise in the franchise in their franchise but this person has won the most playoff wins in their franchise and is the only goalie in their franchise to have won multiple Stanley Cups which is pretty interesting. Uh... The franchise aspect that kind of that kind of that kind of takes the magic away from it, because you know, like the Florida, like didn't like Carter Verhage like just like set a franchise record for the Panthers, like yeah. so like <laughs> the franchise doesn't really didn't really have how much have how, how much to cheer for. Then it kind of hurts it. I, I'm I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no on that one. Dang. Yeah, I think Omar's okay. right on. Like the franchise stuff is just it's too wishy washy. Like maybe. With certain franchises, if you knew that that, like, I don't know, if you were Devil's goalie and you got ahead of all Brodeur's records, obviously he holds a lot of the overall records. Like, that's something. But if we don't know what the team is, like, eh, I don't know. Even, like, this, if his career save percentage is, like, 918, it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty good. But uh, the uh, One of the years they won a Stanley Cup, they had a 932 save percentage in the postseason. And some people may argue that they could have been robbed from winning playoff MVP. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Avery, who, who, do, do you do you think this person deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Whoever this person is, the franchise, the franchise thing is tough. But uh, you know what? I I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Ooh, okay. All right. A nine thirty two. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to double down. But like nine three two, that's a pretty. Those are some sick. Numbers. In 23 postseason games that one year, uh, they had a 932 save percentage, and they somehow did not win playoff MVP, which I think is is wild. That's I'm fascinated to, to know to know who this is. Okay, do you, who wants to guess who this is? Okay, this might be the one. This might yeah. be the one where everyone's like, "Who is this person?" Yeah, mm. I have no idea. Yeah, wow. Okay. Think, yeah. Uh, they've only played, well, they played all of their games for one franchise. I believe okay. they signed a contract for another team, but they retired before they ever played a game for them. Hmm. And they signed like a two-year deal with that team too, but never ended up oh. playing a game for that franchise. I think injuries ended up slowing this individual down. Concussions, I believe, are what slowed this person's down. Oh, slowed this person down. What year did they retire? Uh, wait, what were you? What were you saying, Nick? I like it. this. Sounds a lot like Corey Crawford, but is it? It's like it is Corey Crawford. Oh, oh, Corey Crawford is uh the man behind door number four. And Avery, you yeah. think he should be a Hall of Famer? Now that you're the name, now I think about it, it's like, now that you're the name of the time. Now you're the conference. Like, to me, he's a borderline guy. Like, he's for like, I think he'll eventually get in, but it'll be like in 10, 15 years. He's not a guy yeah. I get for his balance. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually get it, man. There's going to be a lot of goalies who got to get in before yeah. him. Henrik Lundqvist has got to get in before him. Curtis Joseph Price has got to get Curtis Joseph. Yeah. Does Curtis Joseph deserve to be a Hall of Famer? I yes, yes. Yeah. Can y'all can yeah. y'all can y'all convince me? Because like I think he was a really good goalie, but like I don't think of him in the same pantheon of like Lundqvist and and, and Price. Definitely, if you go through some of the earlier moments of the two thousands late 90s, the incredible save he made for the Oilers against the Stars in that series. Like, there are, like, Curtis Joseph, through all the CBC games watching in the early 2000s, like, he's very much an imprint on my brain, but I don't know if he is a hockey hall of famer. And I'm willing to be convinced. Mm. I'm willing to be convinced if he's a hockey hall of famer. I don't think he's someone you put up against, like, a, yeah, a Waller, Broder, Price, because I don't think he ever was, like, the best goalie in the NHL at any individual time. But it's just such a long, productive career. Like, he's very high up on a lot of these leaderboards. And then just some notable, I know, like, you know, he doesn't have the big, you know, the Stanley Cup moments. Like, you know, he's no Corey Crawford, of course. But uh, but he does have some notable playoff runs, like some playoff success, notable playoff runs as well. Not super deep, but enough that you could say that he was a big game goalie in his prime. Like, it wasn't like anyone questioned whether he could get it done in the playoffs. And, and just to, to read off, yeah, and then to read off some stats. So he's seventh in NHL wins by a goalie with 943. He's also seventh in wins with 400. Uh, what was the first stat? What was the first stat you're trying to say? Games played. Games played. Because you said yeah. wins, and it was like 943 yes. wins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Put him in. Put him in. At that point, I think yeah. I'm going to go in. Yeah. Yeah. So games played, 943. Wins is 454. Shutouts 51, which would be 28th. So, like, yeah, it doesn't have any, like, huge things, but is there, like, a is there a feel-good factor to being put in the, in the, in the Hall of Fame? No, don't do this now, because uh, where are the people are going to say Chris Osgood deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Where's the feel-good factor in that? Not to mention he has three cups to his name and has won the Jennings twice. Where's the feel-good for Chris Osgood? Uh, the the feel good for Chris Osgood is that if you gave me goalie pads and and gave me like intense training for a month and then put me behind that team, I could win the cup. But he only has fifty fewer wins than Curtis Joseph. Does he 50 really? something fewer wins? Oh wow! I know it. Hmm. Hmm. You know. <laughs> hey, you know what? Didn't know that. <laughs> I I did not. Kucho might have a better. Kucho might have a better save percentage, mind you. Yeah. Mind you. Yeah. <laughs> Who's more shot? Who? How many shots does Curtis Joseph have? Fifty-one. Chris Osgood is fifty. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop ripping on Chris Osgood now. No. Yeah, but uh, you know, at, at the time though, if you ask anyone, would I rather have like Osgood or Joseph as my team's goalie? They would have said Joseph. Like a lot of this is, <laughs> it's the team success factor, and like mm-hmm. as Omar said. Does anyone believe that the Red Wings' success was driven by Chris Osgood? Like, I don't think they do. I mean, I'm sure if you go to some of those guys, they'll say <laughs> something about, like, how, like, oh, we could to win it without Osgood. Someone's going to make a documentary. It's going to be called, it's going to be called, like, Osgood, the reason they won. <laughs> you know, Avery, if you ever get a moment with Ken Holland, I'm sure he has a good Chris Osgood story or two. Oh, I'm sure. I should, we, we've heard the relevance of the nice and wings world us today. We've heard that in the <laughs> I like I I fancy myself as a person that likes to watch like, you know, GM and coach, you know, pressers and stuff, but usually I follow the least. But like Ken Holland, I will go out of my way to watch a Ken Holland presser. And just count how many times it says, Well, you know, back in ninety five with the red 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 like it's just like Okay, all right. Well, you know, I want I want Ken Holland to reference more uh, his days as a door to door vacuum salesman in these press conferences. I think more and more people need to know some of these stories of him going door to door and trying to sell vacuums to people and let everybody know that you, too, could be an HLGM one day. Adversity, adversity, determination. Anyone (laughs) can do anything. Follow you do dreams. anything, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so next time, next time someone tells you on Twitter like you're nothing, you can't ever be a GM. You could look at Ken Holland and be like, "I sold. He sold vacuums." Completely honest. Not, not even that. Not, listen, listen to me, okay? Anyone who that's, says that's that, that's a great Ken Holland. I get he has the resume. It's just he sold vacuums. It's true, but we we also follow a league 
where some GMs can do the most baffling things ever. And I'm talking about like hockey decisions, but then be considered for jobs in like half a year. Again, Peter Shirelli. Shout out Peter Shirelli, man. Stanley Cup champ. Like, I, my jaw, my All jaw favorite? dropped. I'm like, Peter Shirelli? Like, what, like we're, we're now revisiting poor Jimmy Benning, what he did to, to Vancouver. Great buyout, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. Shout out Oliver Ekman Larson. You know, there I was wondering why there was a void of Canucks content to start off this show. Today. Man. Good point. Man. Good point, Julian. Very good point. Yeah. Again, I I thought I I the when I saw the tweet, I thought it was a Mr. Booth prank. I did not I didn't think they actually did it. Cause that <laughs> man, 2031, that shout out Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh <laughs> by the way, cap charge of a little under 150,000. For Oliver Ekman Larson for the Canucks uh, next season, well, the season coming, I should say, and also for Peter Shirelli, um, how dare you talk bad about the captain of the Harvard University hockey team between his playing days between '83 and '87? He's a Harvard graduate. He's smart. He can't be incompetent. I didn't. I, 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 silence I have, is too loud. Like, the silence that was, is too loud. That was, that was a, you know, just weighing it. whether it's worth a rant. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. <laughs> we're like coming in and we're a full ass rant, or is it just <laughs> like let that one go? Or just or just li- just leave it alone again. It'll do bad. Peter Shirelli signed one ten year ruined his reputation. One ten year ruined his reputation. It was those years at Edmonton. It ruined everything for him. It, and it was yeah, rightfully is that justified. The Avery, thank you, Avery. Oh, it and and, and and the Tyler Seguin thing. Man, I can't believe they put that in the documentary. Like, the- uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, Peter, bro. Like, dude, holy heck of a resume, man. But yeah, that that Tyler Seguin thing is not gonna look good. That's I said it before funny. on this show. Pierre Shirelli had on one roster, Jordan Eberle. Yes, he did. Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl. Mm. Taylor Hall mm. and Randy Hopkins, mm. and you won zero with all that. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh no, man! So this is the long way. This is the z- the zone time message that says you can do anything. Look at Peter Shirelli. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. So and that's actually a good transition over into the final segment I wanted to discuss today. Um, NHL GMs under pressure because uh, we are in offseason mode mm-hmm. and uh, some teams are trying to get better or do whatever they need to do to put themselves in a position to be better one day. And I'm wondering, in your honest opinions, people, uh, which GMs, which teams are under the most pressure uh, to have good offseasons in order to set their teams up for success? Uh, Ottawa could be looked at, especially with the new ownership coming up. Uh, Buffalo, they've been knocking on the door for the playoffs for over a decade, and uh, their their boy, Jack Eichel, just won a cup. So, yeah, they got to get a ticket on that. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, because, you know, they're in the Rick Tockett era, so, uh, yeah, they better win something. And uh, Toronto, because uh, nothing uh, – well, I mean, they don't have enough pressure there, so they could probably – Of course they do. Uh, are we talking about? Of course they do. They, they're, in my opinion, their GM is on the hottest seat. Honestly, you think Bradshaw Living is on the hottest? He just Julian, got there. Julian, Julian, you he used the wrong. Julian, Julian, we talked about this. Use the wrong. Bradtree Living is not the flipping GM. It's Brendan Shanahan, okay? And Brendan Shanahan has the pressure. We talked about this. Bradtree Living, Bradtree Living is the person there who has nice charisma, great person, great human being. He'll stand in front of the camera and he'll say say what he wants to do. But at the end of the day. We know it's Brendan. And the last month or so proved it. So, like, yeah, Brad Trilby just got there, but all eyes are going to be on the front office because of how the whole Dubis thing took place and how, how that, that whole thing went down. But that's kind of, I think that's more like faux pressure. I think one one team that I'm actually interested in is the Rangers. Because they kind of gave the, they kind of shot their bullet now with getting rid of Ger- Gerard Gallant. And again, like, I don't know if maybe it's just because of like the Toronto vacuum or just because everything has been happening, but like, 
I'm surprised the Rangers haven't been talked about it as much. Again, I still find it very odd how how their playoffs kind of ended where again they they were as far as like on paper offense like they looked like one of the most dangerous teams heading into the playoffs and then when the going got tough they couldn't score and you know you fire the coach and you know that and there are a lot of you know decisions around around there about you know creativity and moving players around and such and now they have a Peter Laviolette but if if the coach if you know if the, they change the coach but the team is still you know, kind of going around in the same in the same way. Then, at what point do you look upstairs and say, "Okay, what moves or what moves like haven't been done or what new moves need to be?" Because sure, like, what are you well, doing? Exactly right. So, I think that's that's a team that I'm that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be looking at for sure. Okay, uh, Nick, uh, is there a team or uh, either the ones I've mentioned or uh, any other ones you're looking around the league uh, that you feel should be under pressure this offseason? I'm gonna be honest. Omar stole my team, but I'm gonna pivot uh-huh. in the tri-state area. I this is not necessarily pressure in terms of somebody's gonna get fired, but more so pressure to get this right while the opportunity is perfect. And that's the New Jersey Devils. Like this is yep. a team that's got an incredible core and it's got decent cap space. But now you've got to get the Timo Meyer contract right because that's a player that's gonna be very easy to overpay. You let Severson go, which is probably the right decision. But then you've got to you've got to do something on defense. Graves could potentially be going as well, and the goaltending situation is in you know a bit of a mess, a bit in flux. And so, in theory, you've got this team that's young, and a lot of the best players are tied down, and the core should be set. But it, some of the things around the edges aren't quite right just yet. And if they don't do it right, like you know, I think we've seen with teams before, there there are teams where we say, oh, these guys are young, they're going to win. You know, you don't need to bring everything back to the Leafs. You d- but the Leafs are a classic <laughs> example of that, where it's like, these guys are young, they've got forever to win, and it's going to be fine. It's like sometimes your best shot can come earlier than you think it will, and that may be the case with the Devils, and this is an offseason where they've got all the levers to pull and the opportunity to set themselves up, but they do have to do that right, because there's a way where this goes a little bit sideways and they end up squandering a good opportunity for themselves. I like that replicate shocked me. They have a lot. They have a lot of like RFAs, and they have like four UFAs. I didn't. I didn't know it was that. Um, I guess empty for a lot of lack of better lack of better words. Timo Meyer. They're trying to. It looks like they could sign him, but Timo Meyer is among those RFAs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Remember Timo Meyer. Remember the Timo Meyer sweepstakes. Yes. Yeah. And then like he didn't really do all that much in the playoffs. No. And no. is this qual- is this qualifying offer still ten? I think it's still an insane amount of money. Ouch. It might be ten. Yeah. Uh, Avery, is there a team you're looking at uh, for for pressure? It might be the Edmonton Oilers again. Uh, I said more Buffalo Sabers because seeing what they did, you know, this is a team you know you had a good run last year. You know, we saw we saw the wheels start to turn. This team being a quality team, we saw Tate Thompson play really well. Now it's time for Buffalo to take that next step and truly try and clinch a wild card spot in the Eastern Conference because it's been. Oh, what, 14 years since this team played in the postseason. Sabre fans want to see this team play meaningful hockey come April, May, June. So it's time for Sabres to clinch out playoff ball in the Eastern Conference finally. What were y'all doing 14 years ago? High school. Yeah. High school? High school, school, yeah, just started grade 10. Yeah. But going back to the Buffalo thing, because it's like we, we didn't. You didn't want to hear what Nick had to say when he was doing fourteen years ago. Oh my bad, my bad. Sorry, 14, I'm sorry, Nick. Fourteen years ago, 2009. I think that was first year university for me, so I was uh, heading off to Montreal. Mm. What were you doing? Really? You went to school there? Yeah, I love. I love. Yeah, I love Montreal. Absolutely. Oh my god, the city. Did you guys oh. become best friends? I mean, we were already cool before, but like. <laughs> Nick is invited to the zone time party now. <laughs> when we all meet in uh, in Toronto one day. Uh, what were you going to say, Omar? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, Buffalo's in such a tough spot because, like, I agree with Avery, like, 100% in that, like, it's been so long, but, like, they're still in the Atlantic, man. And it's, like, everyone's saying, like, oh, okay, well, Boston's done now. I'm like, well, I remember, like, the last time we thought Boston was done, and they made the playoffs anyway, and, you know, the Leafs are still off. Op- being the first round. Right, the Leafs are still obviously gonna, still going to try to make it. I mean, Florida, Florida made it, made it in the final week. Tampa's still Tampa. I don't know, like maybe with with Kaloran leaving or like another year of everyone getting older, but like you still have Andre Vasilevsky. 
Ottawa's Ottawa's going to probably going to be in the same position try trying to make a wild card as well. So I don't know. I I don't if they make it. It seems like it, it seems like it might be a time where like the usually or like in years past it was always like the metro the metro division that was dominating the east. But it seems now it might be like five Atlantic teams in, and then only three metro metropolitan and Poland division teams because I I don't know if Buffalo is is good enough right now to to contend for one of those top uh, top three spots. And again, they'll they'll still be battling with Ottawa as well. So like next season might be like really annoying for a lot of teams who are like either trying to get in or just trying to like maybe kind of put themselves on like a positive path or positive trajectory because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be gunning for playoff spots where I think in years past there have been the go-to powerhouses and everyone else has kind of been like okay well you know it's not our time now you know we're going to get a get a top get a top pick but like Buffalo's going to be going for it Ottawa's going to be going for it even you know even Pittsburgh I don't think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's going to want to miss the playoffs again especially in with they're in the kind of like this like we need to win in this next like two to three years so like buffalo has pressure but like man they they might do everything perfectly this offseason and put themselves in the best position and still miss and it may not even be their fault but they might also have a new jersey devils like year where everyone's looking at the core that they've Mm -hmm. assembled and they're thinking okay like when are they going to make that run and then they surprise everyone and make the playoffs and win the first round and then it's like oh okay looks like you've opened this window for yourself i don't know like i I believe in the Buffalo Sabres. They look cool. They have all these great pieces. Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, Tage Thompson, Devin Levi. Levi. Yeah. I want them Levi, to Levi, Levi, man, will be that. If Levi is who people have been saying Levi is going to be, that could that can make that can put them into New Jersey double territory where they yeah. just like come up and win and win and win and no one can stop them. Yeah, but I'm also curious too about another team that Hasn't had as lengthy of a playoff drought, but it's also kind of in that same box of a team that has been trying to rebuild itself uh, and and is trying to get back into the playoffs. But there's one little wrinkle with this team that I wonder if it affects their pressure at all. And I'm talking about the Ottawa Senators. The fact that Michael Anlauer is supposed to get this team and he still has to sell off that minority stake in the Montreal Canadiens. Like, what does that do for the people in the front office? Because like some people have been saying like, okay, like who's going to take over for Pierre Dorian and DJ Swift? Are they going to stick around? Like, what do you like? You know what? Maybe that does add pressure because a lot of people are, are looking at this new ownership and they're thinking, all right, guys, you're going to clean the house. What does that do for your jobs? Y'all you have like no choice but to look at your offseason and think, okay, you have to find a way to to take a swing and build some kind of good team. I mean, Alex DeBrinkett already doesn't want to stay, so you're already going to have to come out a winner in that deal too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? Now that I really think about it, yeah, there's still going to be pressure on on the Ottawa Senators, especially even if they're going through this weird transition with ownership. I guess I was just kind of worried that, like, you know, maybe because that was a little bit in flux and they're still hammering that out, maybe that affects things. But that's a Senators team that some people thought was going to make the playoffs last year. If they miss the playoffs this this coming year, I wonder what that does for expectations and I wonder what that does for a lot of people in that market. Because Brady Kachuk, you know, he, he can't keep losing forever. You know, Tim Stutzla has looked pretty good year in, year out. A lot of people like to make the diving jokes when he stays on his skates. He's actually a really good player. Um, <laughs> Thomas Shabbat, right? Remember they got Jacob Chickard too? Like the Ottawa Senators have some good bones, right? Even Jake Sanderson, he had, he looked great. He looked great in that first year. Yeah, so, like the they, only thing they messed up was Philip Gustafson. They shouldn't have let him go. They shouldn't have let him go. That was a, that was a tough one. That was not good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the Ottawa Senators would be my pick for a team that should be going through the most pressure, mostly because there might legit be a chance that like Pierre Dorian and DJ Swift could get fired. And not just because of performance, but because whoever their new bosses are going to be, they may want to change at the top. Mm-hmm. Entirely possible. Yeah. And with that, I, I unless, uh, were you going to say something, Omar? No, I was just going to say, like, I remember even like during the season, like a lot of sense, well, not a lot of sense, sense but like I, I saw amongst like sense Twitter, the idea of perhaps DJ Smith being, like regardless of what happens being out and he has been there for some time now i think maybe this might be what six six five seasons right so it's like so like do you get that next do you get that next coach to kind of rally them up and get them ready for playoff hockey and say okay now it's time now it's time to take the next step i guess similar to what 
you'd expect from Buffalo. It's possible. It's possible. But yeah, there is so many question marks in the East and I'm not looking forward to it at all because. Oh man. Are you ready for, are you ready for another season of worrying about the Toronto Maple Leafs again? Oh, Julian, that's so funny. I always worry about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, did you know that, um, that, that, uh, TJ Brody might be a good option to buy out? Uh, why why would they do that so this so this comes from so this come this came from um frank saravalli um uh you guess he mentioned it on on the podcast i I don't think i i didn't listen to it verbatim i don't think he actually said like oh the leaf should do this i think it was this idea that like if they did then the cap then the cap count like next season would be zero so like that could be beneficial but like it would be He's the second best defenseman on the team, and that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> but like, Nick, go ahead. You were about to say something. Go well, ahead. I mean, the the whole premise of buying someone out is that you believe they have no value around the league, or else you would just trade them and get something in return. And like, first of all, they don't want to get rid of TJ Brody, as Omar said. He's the second best defenseman on the team. Like by anyone's measure, he's a top four type of defenseman. And a top four defenseman who makes $5 million is a valuable trade asset. Like if you really, if he was a huge problem in the locker room somehow, you need to get rid of him, you could do that and you could get something for him. So like the, just the, even the initial premise of him being a bio candidate just makes no sense whatsoever. $5 million, but at the age of 33, that's something you got to consider too, I guess. Yeah, but you have him for this year. Like it's not, you don't have to worry that, you know, if he was making $5 million through 2028, then you'd have a situation on your hands. Avery is Uncle Frank onto something. Um, I I don't know why you want to get into your second best defenseman in, in in Toronto. I think that would be a very strange move to make if you're um the Leafs and their bracks are living. And I do want to point out that ever since Omar came on this show and what did he say? He wanted peace in Eastern Conference. He's gotten zero peace. Zero. He's making that statement. Zero. I Avery's hundred percent right. As soon as I said that. Tra- Tyler Bertuzzi went to Boston. Dmitry yeah. Orlov went to Bot. Like all of these, it was good. All of these trades, <laughs> Avery. Though I do have a question for you on on the on the end of uh, of buyouts and such. Yes, sir. Um, would you be okay with a cap hit on the Oilers that doesn't exceed three million? There are a lot of years that have one, um, but it wouldn't go into the 2030-31 season. Who are you talking about here? Take a guess. Who on the Oilers may be buyout worthy? Is that is 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 that is that is that our our good boy uh, Yessi? Is that Yessi? No, nope, not Yessi. Oh, it's not Yassi. He's a hurricane now. Remember, he's in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. My bad, guys. I just trauma. Is yeah. Somehow, Jack Campbell, Nick, you are correct. There if the go. Oilers bought him out. It would be a long time, but the cap hit wouldn't be that bad. Jack Campbell, a buyout candidate? I'm just saying it. I mean, a, a lot of things happen. Myself. A lot of things happened this year, and you know, and, and you know, if Jack Stuart Ke- Skinner, if Stuart Skinner's the next one, is Stuart Skinner an RFA right now? Uh, I think they extended him, didn't yeah, they? They did, yeah. yeah. They extended Stuart for a couple more For context, oh, for people that's who a don't good realize. contract. For people who don't realize, Jack Campbell, if the Oilers were to buy him out, uh, cap hit at 1.5, a little over 1.5 mil. The year after, a little over 1.1 mil. Then two years where it's a little over 2.3, 2.6 mil. And then for the remainder of the four years through 2031, 1.5 mil. We'll say around there. And if the salary cap's supposed to go up as much as it's supposed to go up, I hate to say it, that's not a bad idea. I'm just saying... You're paying them backup goalie money to not play for you. Could be worse. Uh, you're not even paying him like that much. I don't see it happening. Yeah, probably not. You don't you don't Man, think you don't think you don't think Kendrick Collin would buy out Jack Campbell? I think Campbell gets one more year running back because he can't possibly have a his C percent one point was at eight sixty nine. He yeah. don't a number that would be nineteen seventies. So mm-hmm. I don't see Campbell catering that hard this year. I think Campbell is still very high, so I do see Campbell back again 
to try and see to recover. I don't see him being bothered this year at all. Tell you what, tell you what, mm-hmm. he gives them one more chance, and then if he wants to buy him out, they get the one point one million cap hit. So yeah, there is incentive to at least give him one more yeah. year to try it out, and then if you want to buy him out, yeah, you get at least that year where it's not that expensive. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just it's, for me, it's just fascinating because. Like, if Stuart Skinner ends up being, like, the guy, like, the and obviously, you know, the, you might do, like, the tandem 1A, 1B type of thing, but, like, 5 million for the 1B, and, like, ideally, if you get to a point where if it's a 60-40, if it's a 60-40 split, and, 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 and Stuart Skinner ends up being the number one, like, are you okay paying that much, that much for your, for your, you know, for lack of a better word, second option? Could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, speaking of Leafs goalies or goalies who, well, Jack Campbell used to be a Leaf goalie. Mm. What is it? What happens if Matt Murray gets bought out? Oh, that's not so bad. Uh, if that's hilarious. Yeah, was that happening? That that's on when. That's on Honestly, like I, it it, it, ma- it makes so much sense. I mean, you have you have two players. I think in in Samsonov and Joseph Wall, who I think the Leafs are comfortable with playing next year and. Yeah, I, I think it makes so much sense. Either that or like he gets becomes like a coyote or something. I don't know. And Dubas was the guy who believed in him. Dubas was the guy who was like, oh, I think Matt, he he played in the Sioux. He can therefore rebound with the Maple Leafs. And so Dubas is out. I doubt Trilliving sees him as a guy who has redemption potential. Uh-huh. I can't wait until uh, Matt Murray's resume comes up as a potential <laughs> Hall of Fame inductee and we read through the cups <laughs> and, <laughs> and his resume. And everyone's like, yeah, he should be in. And then it's like Matt Murray. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ashley, let, let's revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's reconsider that. Let's reconsider that. Yeah. Uh, how many times did he win a consmite? He has at least one consmite, right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I, did I think he got it? The, did he get it? The, wait, no, no, wait, no. I don't think he has. I don't think he has either. He doesn't have one? I don't think so. Because Cro- Crosby got it the first time. Dang, you never yeah. got one. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, that's tough. He he tough did really for that great Hall of Fame case. He would have had it. That's <laughs> <laughs> one con swipe. One con swipe short. He yeah. was one con swipe short. He was he was right there for it. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, unless anyone else has anything to add, I think that's gonna do it for this uh this week's edition of Zone Time. Nick, you you, you fit like a glove with everybody. Oh, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Matt, we appreciate you hanging out with us. And, of course, Avery and Omar, as always, thank you for kicking it. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube clips. And uh, we'll be back next week with a uh, – you know, we'll be just before the draft. So who knows what we'll talk about uh, that week. I wonder who Chicago's going to take first overall. I'm Connor, <laughs> B- Connor Bedard probably hopes it's him. I hope, yeah, I'm sure he hopes it is him. Uh, on behalf of everybody, I'm Julian saying so long and peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.